What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter-in-arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? What's going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. That's good. Had a little bit of a had a little bit of break last week. We went down to uh, New York and uh, for the Fourth of July. Nice. First time, first time we've been to the uh, in the states for the Fourth of July in like eight years. Wow. And uh, first time, oh, that's true. Yeah, first time, uh, Sienna or no, Cadence. First time our baby Cadence has ever been down there for the fourth. So it was it was fun, man. It was it was a good time. We went we 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 camped at a uh, state park. We've camped at a few years back, and um, we got there. We unloaded everything, unloaded the tent, and I realized we didn't pack the poles for the tent. <laughs> So I was like, oh, man. So we ended up going to Walmart, and I bought another tent, and then Erica's trying to sell it now. Have you sold it yet? I think she got a couple of bites on it. She was, she was telling me last night that, you know, we got like this, uh, we got like an old elliptical machine, but it's a nice one, and uh, but it's like a monstrosity. And then we got like this uh, this new tent, and we're trying to sell it, you know, and so like they're bigger items. But she was telling me that like nobody nobody bids on that stuff, but they all bid on like junk, you know? Yep. So yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, that is funny. How you doing, bud? Getting ready? Empty office, empty house. Yeah, man. We are. We're getting ready to move. There's, this room we're in is full of boxes. Yep. My office. So we, by the time this episode comes out, we'll actually be on the road. Wow. Um, you so, leave Sunday. Yeah, we leave Sunday, and yeah. um, so this episode will come out Monday, and so Monday we'll be somewhere between. Niagara Falls and York, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and then we'll. Uh, Are you guys gonna stop in PA and visit family? Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna visit family there, and cool. then we'll head to DC the next day. So we're 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 getting ready to move to DC. So it's been a it's been a crazy busy week for us, and uh, but you know it's an exciting time as well. Yeah, so, man. But it's starting to set in now that you know all the pictures are off the walls and the boxes yeah. are packed up and. You know, yeah, stuff like that. So it's it's like, all right, here we are. It's real. So yeah, man, it's happening. Are you are you guys gonna have some people uh, help you unpack there? We will. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're having people uh, help us pack here, and then uh, we'll have people help us unload yeah. once we get there. So I think they we've got got a big crew taking care of us down there. So it'll be awesome. really good. I think they're gonna. I know Clint's gonna be leading that, right? Clint's uh, gonna. Oh yeah, he'll absolutely. be there. No, well he's he's not. He will be there. Yeah. Uh, he did tell me he's gonna be there. I don't think he's gonna be there. Like right he'll be serving beginning. refreshments. Yeah, man. shout out Clint. He said he said he was gonna help move stuff inside. Nice. So, yeah. You know, I, remember I helped you. The Clint Clifton is gonna <laughs> move Clint stuff, gonna move stuff into my house. You remember so. when we, you moved here? Yeah, I remember we got pictures. We had to remember that mattress. We had yeah, to, we had to raise it up raise with a, like a, our own pulley what? system. We had to build a hoist system. We got to in that book that Jen made. We got I a picture that. of that. Yeah. yeah, you're going away. It was pretty good Saturday. Man, that was awesome. That yeah. was cool. We had a. We had a going away party uh, this past Saturday and just had a ton of people come, like people, obviously people who are at our church now, but also people who were a part of the church in the early days and maybe they've yeah. moved on or, you know, they're in, you know, uh, different places and a lot of people came back for that and it was super life-giving for, for me, I know, yeah. um, just because uh, you know, they, they had different people get up and talk about, you know, the impact that Fellowship Asha was had on them and the impact that Jen and I have had on their lives. 
And uh, that was really special for me because yeah. it was just kind of, uh, it was just kind of like a, I don't know, just a look, like look at all the fruit that, yeah. you know, resulted. And, and I think a lot of times for me, I tend to be super hard on myself and to downplay, you know, what God uh, has done in my mm-hmm. life or does through me and, um, you know, to a fault really. I'm yeah. like that. Yeah. And I don't know, last Saturday was just like God wrapping his arms around me and yeah, reminding man. me like that he's faithful. It's just a room full of Amen. examples of God's faithfulness and yeah. his power to transform lives. Yeah. And this week I've I've gotten to meet with a few of our, our people, you know, kind of one last time for some discipleship and like yeah. I was meeting with one of our guys that you know came to faith uh over a year ago here and and I've been discipling him and just watching him grow and I was sitting across the table just listening to him talk yeah and just like being like wow like it's incredible because I remember talking to him and yeah and like being like you just don't get it do you you're like you're yeah ago, you know like yeah it's like and now he gets it yeah and he's just uh he's matured so much go figure it so works right it does man so it's pretty cool to see uh, you know, just to think back on all, mm-hmm. all that God has done over yeah. the past four years. So. Amen. Well, we're proud of you guys, man. Excited to see what God's going to do in D.C. I mean, it's it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to... We'll, we'll have to go visit you next summer. Take a little road trip. That's right. That's right. In the Hess Mobile. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yep. We're going to do... Definitely going to make that happen. And I, I joke with people, you know, we, we are, we're in Oshawa, Ontario now. And, um, you know, Oshawa is a lovely place. Mm-hmm. In its, nice own, in its own special way. But DC's uh, not as nice as Oshawa. <laughs> so <laughs> Oshawa is, you know, uh, Oshawa's great in some ways. The people are great, but there's not a lot to do to Amazing Oshawa. chip trucks. There's chip trucks everywhere in Oshawa. There are some chip trucks, but there are even more chip trucks. We don't call them that in the States. Food but trucks. There's more food trucks in D.C. Yeah. So there's just a lot more to do in D.C. So I have a feeling like that my parents are going to visit me more. Yeah. My parents have come here once in four years. So <laughs> well, I'm I joking with my mom and dad. I'm like, wow, you guys, your schedule is yeah. going to f- magically free, free up a up, lot after right? we move to D.C. Well, part of it's because it? it's in Canada, right? It's I mean, true. It does. But it's, yeah, I it's guess It's not, so. e- you know, like it's, um, yeah, it's not that big a deal to get it's here. It's not. It's not that big. But I think in people's minds, crossing the international border seems like a bigger ordeal for them than than just going to a different part of the U.S. So do you get this is off topic, but I still get the do we have to have a passport to to get in? the? I do get that. We still get that. You probably should. You do since 2001. (laughs) But, you know, when you go online, it's kind of gray. It's kind of like makes it sound like if you can prove that that you're a citizen of the the states and um, Yeah, and you have like a, it's almost like you get in with the birth certificate. I wouldn't chance it. I would either. I would never encourage somebody to chance it. No. But even this past week, a girl I went to high school with contacted me. And I, and she, it was kind of vague, but she said, um, if somebody had an emergency and they had to come into Canada, <laughs> I was like, the first time I was like, somebody, get some of that emergency weed. <laughs> It's like, yeah. you know, but I know this girl, she would never say uh, do that. But, um, but uh, anyway, she she was like, what if you had an emergency and you need to come to Canada? Would you have to have a passport? But, you know, it blows my mind, man. But, like, there's still a lot of people who just don't have passports. Yeah. They don't have them. That's because a lot of people don't travel outside the country, I think. Yeah. A lot of people don't travel outside of their home no, state. they don't. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more people like that than we realize, I think. But then again, if you're from Oklahoma, man, why would you need to? <laughs> yeah. Boomer. Yeah. Okay. Right. What are we talking about today? 
we're going to talk about things that church planting has taught us today. Oh, so wow. we're just going to, so I think we're going to, we may be a little bit all over the map. I've, I've got yeah. a few things that I've been reflecting on. I've been doing a lot of reflecting over the past sure. couple of weeks, right? Appropriately. I like, uh, just, as I've reflected on, you know, whenever you're kind of in those transitionary periods in your life, it, it makes you become, you know, quite introspective. And so you start thinking about, you know, just what you've learned yeah. and, and things like that. And, and, uh, you know, what you want to do differently as yeah. you move, you know, especially, you know, that we're going now that we're going to plan another church, yeah. you know, thinking back about lessons I've learned. And so, yeah, I just thought it'd be a good idea to just kind of sure. talk about some of the things that church planning yeah. has taught us. And like, when I say that, obviously we, it's, God, it's the Holy Spirit who's teaching us, yeah. but he's teaching us through the, uh, through church planting, yeah. through the yeah. planting of churches. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that there are lessons that you learn in unique ways when you're planting churches that otherwise you, you may not learn them. That's true. So, so yeah. So I think number one, church planting has taught me to be patient. Um, Amen. More patient. I'm still, I wouldn't describe myself as a patient person, but I'm definitely far more patient what? than I used to be. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a pretty, yeah, I'm a pretty impatient person overall. Like I don't like to wait in lines. I don't like traffic. I don't like, you know, waiting for airport. Air, you don't like I, to be in airport line. Well, what, makes you say, to what makes you say that? Well, I've seen that. Oh, you have? <laughs> yeah, I really don't. So I can become irritable whenever I'm having to wait, but I'm becoming less irritable now. Um, yeah. As I'm, are you paying attention? I am. I'm looking up a scripture, man. Okay. I'm doing something spiritual I you were texting. I was no, like, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. Right, Come on, checking. man. Just looking up the word again. I got to keep you accountable. I know so. you do. I need it. Yeah. I need it. So, you know, sometimes we want to go fast. Uh, you know, when it comes to church planting and we want to microwave a church. And I remember, yeah. you know, coming into uh, Canada, you know, you have these, you know, ideas that, you know, we're going to come in and we're going to start sharing the gospel. People are going to start coming to faith yeah. and, you know, we're going to blow up. And if you just do it the right way, yeah. you know, then, and we'll talk about this in a second, but there's also some pride and arrogance mixed in there too, because, yeah. you know, I think, especially when you're young, you don't take a step back and think like, maybe, maybe I'm not the first person who's thought of doing things this way before, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's almost like you think that, well, once, once we start doing things the right Man, way, once we arrive on the scene, yeah. Like then, you know, I'll show people how it's done. You yeah. know, this is how yeah. churches get planted. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that, um, has really just become real to me and I've learned in a way that I don't think you could learn unless you've, you've done it on the mission field. Yeah is that like there's a reason that scripture uses the analogy of like planting and growing crops for missions work because absolutely it's slow yeah. there's no guarantees yep. you've got to you know do the hard work of of tilling the soil plant yep. the seed you've got to wait for weather for might make your harvest not come in the way you thought right like there's just so many variables that are yeah. out of your control there right. are certain things that you must do yeah. if you want to have a harvest but those things do not guarantee yeah. a harvest and it doesn't guarantee the size of your harvest or the timing of yeah. your harvest right. or anything that's ah, so good, man. Like patience is so important. I mean, in church planning, because no matter how much training you've had, if you've gone through a good residency or whatever it might be, you still got to learn your context. And so when you come in and you start to do what you think you ought to do, if you're not careful and if you're not slow, if you're not patient and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, then you're going to make a lot of mistakes. That's mm -hmm. a good word, man. I could attest for that. You've grown a lot in your patience. What about you? What's one of the things you've learned? <sighs> 
how much I just don't know about God. Hmm. You know, I, I, um, you know, I was thinking about, man, what's the number one thing I've learned and just the, the, um, just how little I know about God. I, you know, used to, I, I, I started keeping this little, um, <clears throat> this little thing on my cell phone, like in the note section where I just keep like these thoughts, you know, and I remember, uh, or last night before I went to bed, I just wrote this down. I, I, I wrote down, um, you know, I used to think like the Bible was just something that you're supposed to like get through, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's taken me 30, I'm 38. It's taken me 38 years to realize that like in your quiet time and reading the word and stuff like that, it's not intended just to get through. It's intended like to meditate on mm-hmm. and to grow in and to learn. And it's taken me far too long to learn that. But I think when I got here, um, I thought, yeah, I know, I know God, you know, I mean, I was, uh, for our listeners don't know, I mean, I, I've only been a Christian for 11 years, which sounds funny. I've been in ministry for almost 20, but, mm-hmm. but, um, but you know, I, I came to Christ after preaching for six years and I came to Christ in 2007 and God radically changed my life in 2007. And, um, so I thought I had a pretty good handle on who God was because I was really immersed pretty deeply in religion and, and legalism and all those mm-hmm. things. And then when I was born again, I experienced just the freedom and the grace of Christ and his blood. But I think when we got here, um, I, I assumed a lot on God. I, I didn't, um, I, 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 there was just a lot that I didn't understand no. about who he is. And there's still many things I, I still don't understand mm-hmm. about who God is. But I feel like I've gotten to know him better. I've gotten to know his character better, you know, um, that whether we're a big church or small church or we start 10 churches or two churches or five churches, whatever it might be, like God doesn't change. His right. nature doesn't change. Um, he's not impressed with me. <laughs> he's not, he can be pleased with me, but he's not impressed with me. Um, and I, that's, that's, that's helped me a lot. I was, um, actually, this is what I was looking up when you were talking. I wasn't texting, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking it in Job, you know, um, it says, can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the almighty in Job 11, seven? And we can't, you know, we can, we can search forever and we won't know mm-hmm. the depth of who God is. But I feel like church planning has taught me so much more about just who he is, you know, how much, how gracious he is with me. I, I I'm, I'm such a, uh, I'm such a flawed leader, mm-hmm. you know, in so many ways. And yet God chooses to, to walk with me and very humbling. Yep. It is. Um, I think that kind of, segues pretty well into you know another of the things that church planning has taught me which is it's you know taught me to boast in my weakness mm. um yeah. and i just realized that i need to look up a text as well so i was actually uh reading this morning in second corinthians chapter one and uh this is a passage that um i often think about it's uh yeah you know just a passage that i, I really uh enjoy and I, I don't know i just think it's super profound so and um, verses eight and nine, Paul uh, is writing to the Corinthians and he says, we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Mm. So, I mean, the picture Paul's painting there is like we were in Don't a really bad place. Like yeah. we like things are we don't know what exactly was happening, but things were so bad that we were like, you know what? Just take us home, Lord Jesus. Yeah, like, don't, it's better than this. So verse nine, he says, indeed, 
we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But then here's what he says. He says, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That's right. I love that. That's so amazing. Um, just the perspective that Paul gives us there on suffering and on afflictions. And, you know, I, we've taught, we've had many conversations you and I have about this, you know, yeah. like I came in, um, you know, when I came to Canada, I was really prideful in a lot of ways yeah. and I was pretty, pretty arrogant. Um, you know, and a lot of it was just, um, misguided zeal, yeah. you know, and, yeah. uh, it, you know, excitement and, you know, like wanting to like, you know, chomping at the bit to get going. And there's, yeah. there, that's good, you sure. know, like there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but there was also a lot of, um, you know, um, immaturity in terms of, uh, you know, thinking that I didn't need to listen you yeah. know, to others and that, you know, I had things figured out yeah. and, um, you know, I thought I knew how church should be run. Um, it, you know, so despite my, my genuine desire to see disciples made, um, I really think that, you know, God, uh, one of the greatest things he's done in my life here is that he's humbled me and boy, church planning will do that like yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Church planning will humble you. Because especially when you're going like to the mission field where there's, you know, like hard places yeah. where there are uh, not very many Christians at all. Yeah. And you've got lots of unique challenges, you know, like in, here in our city, there's, you know, lots of unique challenges with, uh, you know, just, you know, some poverty, you know, issues here and mental illness and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, it just throws a wrench into the way that you think yeah. things are going to go and you yeah. realize how little control you really have. Yeah. And, you know once you realize that, oh, okay, like, you know, we're not going to become, you know, like this huge church overnight yeah. and, you know, like I'm not the best thing to happen to church planting <laughs> since sliced bread. Like yeah. you start to, um, I think there's like a period first, there's a period of almost mourning yeah. over your own, you know, like the person that you Mortality. thought you were yeah. and you're like, okay, that, okay. So that I'll was stop. a mirage. I'm not going to be Charles Spurgeon. No. Right. Exactly. That was a mirage and you kind of have this period of mourning and then, I think God really kind of brings you out of that and you get to this place where Paul was and yeah. you kind of get to the end of yourself and you realize like, okay, like now I'm, I may, I can, I can boast in my weakness and I'm ready to fully rely on God yeah. and everything. And I think that that's when God can use you. I think, man, it's such a good word for people to hear today because like, you know, I've had this conversation, um, multiple times but it's not just with you i've had it with other guys that i coach and mentor and there's there's this i think every young leader goes through this season where it's like i want to be somebody yep. i want to be billy graham charles Spurgeon, you know whoever it might be in your mind whoever john piper whatever it might be and you you think like and then <laughs> it sets in like oh i'm not gonna be that guy you know what i mean and and um like you said there's almost a season of mourning and and then you and then you realize like, but I'm Jared Huntley, you mm -hmm. know, I'm Matt Hess, I'm whoever, mm -hmm. this is who God's made me to be. And you realize the uniqueness of your calling, uniqueness of your life and the uniqueness of your gifts. And it's something that I really believe that church planting can bring out. And um, we, we can never forget in God's infinite goodness and sovereignty that he I, I firmly believe like he he gives us things based on his timing. Mm -hmm. And so like he's not going to I've seen guys, man, I'll put it this way, I've seen guys there's just no utter reason why 
their ministry is not doing something like huge. It's mm-hmm. just like, what's missing here? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the older I get, I think God is the one saying, pulling the reins back because that, that leader might not be ready for something like that yet. Yeah, yeah. And it would ruin them, yeah. you know? And, but I think mm-hmm. what you, what you, what you understand is, is that that humility is like the secret sauce. Yep. Every church planner is looking for the secret sauce. What, how do you grow your church? How do you do this? How do you get more people? How do you grow your small groups? How do you do da 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 da? Like humility is the secret sauce. Yep. Humility, because humility leads to prayer. Humility leads to the abundant life, John 15, 5. Mm-hmm. Humility leads to just a complete desperation and dependence on God. Yep. If there's an, inkling of pride in our hearts or lives then humility is the polar opposite of pride Mm -hmm. so where pride is present humility is absent so you can't god can't do what he wants to do Mm -hmm. and so church plan man i'm right with you man church plan has taught me so much and even little things that even little things that we do in the beginning that we don't even realize that we're doing you know, whether it's trying to spotlight a bigger crowd to our partners versus a small, all that stuff sniffs of pride. Yep. You know, if we're if we're afraid to report numbers because they're not as big as somebody else's may be, like all that's pride. Yep. And we, we cloak it in spiritual terms when we, we say we, we want the kingdom to grow. I'm not so sure of that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is we want our own agendas to grow. Yep. We want our own platforms to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think when you get to the place where you say, he must, like John the Baptist, he must increase and I must decrease. Mm-hmm. We can say John 3.30, but until yeah. we really mean it, God won't use us. Yeah. And I think church planning has taught me that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm right there with you, man. And and I'll, I'll go as far as to say this. Church planning is teaching me that. Yeah. It's something sure. I have to do daily. Sure. And, and, and I'm convinced that I, I will have to do that every day until Jesus calls me home. Yep. Because my heart's wicked. Absolutely. It's wicked. I told Erica last night that <laughs> I was in the kitchen and she was in the living room. I just hollered out to her. I said, man, I am, I, my heart is wicked. <laughs> I just, you know, I was thinking something and I just thought, man, I'm wicked. And I need that. I need, I need to be reminded and I need to be humbled that without Christ, man, we're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. So church planning will, church planning is a, it feels a lot like jumping out of a airplane with no parachute. Yep. You know, Christ is the parachute. Yep. Uh, you know, the humility is the parachute. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, a lifelong thing for sure. And, um, it, you know, like you said, humility is kind of the wellspring of, of so much of, uh, of what God calls us to do. And, um, you know, I think I, I love what you said about how, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, God's holding back the reins in terms of like a ministry. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I honestly think that, you know, in a lot of ways, like, uh, you know, I'm thankful. I'm really thankful for the way that things have turned out here. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I think my expectations coming in were, you know, obviously like a larger church you yeah. know, numerically and that didn't happen. Um, but what did happen was a really, really healthy church that's like multiplying disciples that were like actually reaching people. Yeah. We're actually seeing people who were legitimately lost and unreached who are getting saved. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not, uh, 
you know, it's not a mega church or anything like that yeah. by any means. We're we're a humble church, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. You would be you wouldn't be impressed by what you yeah. saw if you walked in like outwardly. Yeah. Um, but what would strike you, I think, is the the presence of the Holy Spirit. Things that the world can't see, you know, things that the yeah. world wouldn't notice and wouldn't pay attention to. And I think you, that's that's one of the other things I've learned is just to 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 value the right things. Yeah. And to yeah. you know see see. Uh, ministry and life through a kingdom lens mm-hmm. uh, rather than through a worldly lens to to learn to um, measure things the way that God measures yeah. them um, I think has been huge and that's so freeing yeah. for you as a church planter and as a leader when you stop trying to like you know reach these measurements you know or whatever yeah. of like numbers or you know, expectations that you perceive that other people have of you or, yeah. you know, this pressure you're putting on yourself. And, uh, you know, you realize that, you know, really what all God's asking you to do is he's asking you to be humble and to be completely and fully reliant on him Yeah, and get to that point. And when you do that, that's when fruit begins to be produced. Yeah. And that's what matters is the fruit. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was even having this thought this past week. I wonder how many times as as leaders, like we're the, we're the bottleneck mm-hmm. to God outpouring is pouring out his blessing on yep. our ministries because, you know, our lack of humility or our, our lack of, um, you know, patience and, mm-hmm. and valuing the right things. You know what I mean? It's, that's a big one. You know, it's, it's a really important one for everybody to listen to, you know, valuing the right things, because if you're not careful, you, you can very quickly start to value the wrong things mm-hmm. in ministry in general. Yeah. Um, in the church in general, you can get really caught up and consumed. Even people out there listening who are just pa- pastors, you know, not even in church planning. You're just interested in church planning, but you know, I think it's I think it's magnified in church planning mm-hmm. because you're trying to start something and you're trying to get it up off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like the, the the days when you have like 20 people in the chairs and on a long holiday in the summer, and you're like, uh, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you have to get back to what you've been called to, which yeah. is to make disciples yeah. and value the, value the right things. So that's really really important. Uh, you know, you, you put on here um, it'd be to be slow uh, to spe- slow to or you had to learn to listen to others and learn uh, less talking, more listening. You know, slow to speak, quick to listen, kind of uh, mindset. It's so important. I mean, like I I feel like um, one of the things I never want to lose is I I, I feel like um, one of the things I really value is I have a heart of a learner and I never want to lose that. I, mm-hmm. No matter where I go, what I do in my life, I want to always be learning and you can't learn if you're always talking. Yeah. And um, I think as church planners, what we need to understand is when we think of this principle, we think of like seminary, we mm-hmm. think of like listening to, you know, an expert, a missiologist talk about church planning or whatever, but you can be a learner at your local coffee shop. You can be a learner you know, sitting with an elderly person in your congregation, you can be a learner no, no matter what circumstances you're in. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when we preach plastic sermons outside of our context and outside of practical application impact to our people is that we haven't been listening well. We've been studied up well. We know the scripture. We know the word. We exegete the text properly, but we're not we're not learning well. Mm-hmm. We're not learning what's impacting people's lives around us. You know, and so without that principle, then you're going to be in trouble. I think it's really, really important that you keep the heart of a learner, no matter how long you are in ministry. 
Cause if you, if you get to the mindset where I know it, then oh man, that's again, that's pride. Yep. It's going to cause trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so another thing that, uh, that church planning has taught me, uh, and we were kind of just discussing this before we started recording, but it's uh, church planning has taught me to be more gracious. Yeah. Um, I think that, so when I, I got saved, uh, let's see, what year is it? 2019? Yeah. 2019. So eight and a half years ago, I got saved. Yeah. Almost nine years now. And uh, I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. but didn't, you know, I was not born again. So we have some kind of similar backgrounds yeah. and similar testimonies and that we, we both uh, thought we were Christians yeah. for a while and, you know, did Christian activities and things yeah. like that, but weren't actually saved. Um, and, you know, so after I got saved and I became a Christian, um, you know, you kind of go through that. If you come to Christ as an adult, usually like people will go through that initial season, you yeah. know, that could last a year, a couple of years of like this, like on, you know, we would call it quote unquote on fire, yeah, right? And yeah. you're very zealous. And um, I think that a lot of people who come out of cultural Christianity uh, react uh, against what mm-hmm. against that and they become very zealous for like obedience to God yeah. because they feel like they've been hypocrites their whole lives right. and that's how I felt you know right. like I had been saying I was a Christian I wasn't living it yeah. so like heck no I'm not doing that anymore like yeah. I'm living it now yeah and then well what happens is that you can get so zealous for it you begin to look around you at the state of the church and yeah. you begin to I think rightly you notice that okay there's a bunch of people who are like I used to be who are yeah. not living it, you know, like I'm, don't get me wrong. Like I I thoroughly believe that our churches are filled with people who are not saved. Bible tells us. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's definitely a reality. Yeah. But, um, I think that I became so like, uh, I was so zealous and so hyper-focused on that. On the tears. Yeah. That I I just kind of, I became very like, Mm -hmm. um, zealous to follow God and obey him. And I began to hold myself to these very high expectations. Um, you know, really had a, you know, a hatred for sin and, you know, a a desire, an earnest desire to want to, you know, follow God in every area of my life. But I began to expect everybody around me to have the same zealousness. And if they didn't, um, I was not super gracious with those. Right. Yeah. So I was like, you know, so I got, I went through my Paul Washer trip, you know, and everything. And um, yeah, listen a lot. We were, I was listening to a lot of Paul Washer around that time. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's so funny, man, because I look back, you know, I was, I was born again in 2007 and then 2008 is, um, was my first real ministry after my salvation. And yeah, I, uh, you know, everything, looking back on it, just, just not very gracious in a lot of ways with people. Um, it's funny. We're talking about this because we were talking about this yesterday in staff meeting at fellowship Pickering because, you know, there, here's the thing. I used to think that it was my job, like to separate the, the tares, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, we're going to find those weeds, you know what I mean? The Bible says that's impossible. Yeah. Jesus says he's going to do that. Um, but they're going to grow up together. Mm-hmm. There's no, and I think it's, I think it's important for church planners to hear that mm-hmm. because it, ministry in general, if you're going to be in ministry, you know, 
your job is not to try to find the weeds and convert the weeds. Your job is to faithfully preach the gospel, love people, mm -hmm. shepherd people, care for people, lead them to be on mission. Yeah. Your job is not to go and try to single people out and 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 try to you know preach in such a way where mm -hmm. you're preaching to four people in a room mm -hmm. of four hundred. Man, you know, you know. Hold on. So here's yeah. something I feel like I need to throw in there sure. because I think this is something that I used to do. You got to be really careful that you don't start getting in the pulpit every single week yeah. and preaching to try to unconvert the lukewarm Christian oh, absolutely. every week because that can you can start to Dude. go into the pulpit every week and rail on you know and what you're gonna what's gonna happen is you're gonna have your faithful followers of Jesus who are gonna begin to sit there and hear this every week yeah. and they're gonna you know it's gonna it's gonna weigh on them you know yeah, after a not, while they're not gonna be fed no it's yeah I mean I I look back on. I look back on a lot of those times, a lot of sermons I preached, and I was so consumed. And even like with family and friends and stuff like that, you know, I thought like, man, how can you say you're a Christian? Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, it's not my job. It's not our job to – now, if somebody comes to me, I can take them to First John, and I can say – I mean, like, that's how I was genuinely – that's really how I was born again. I mean, I was I started to really read through First John yep. and say like, my life does not reflect this. Yep. But, you know, what church planning has taught me is that because it's the same in church planning. I tell you what I learned in church planning. This is a big thing for me, mm -hmm. bro. I think you and I have talked about this. It could have been somebody else. But, like, I thought, well, we're going to go to a place like Toronto. There's not a lot of Christians here. You know, 97% lost. We're, you know, we're going to start this church. And the people that get saved, man— they're gonna be on fire. No lukewarm Christianity. No lukewarm here. Christianity here, man. So long apathy. You know, we're gonna charge hell with water pistol super mm -hmm. soaker. Mm -hmm. I'll be at the front with a super soaker three hundred. And what you learn is that apathy is in South Carolina, it's in Oklahoma, it's in Toronto, mm -hmm. it's in Tennessee, it's in Taiwan, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you can't you can't get away from it. Yeah. And that I learned, I've learned that big time. And if you try, because then we try to do sermon series. Okay, I got to back up and I got to do a sermon series, man, because these people think that they were saved, but they obviously weren't saved, you mm -hmm. know. And so, like you, you're, you know, you're five years into your plan or whatever, and like somebody got saved year one, and you baptize them, and they're not growing, or Satan's doing something, and you're just like, oh, but gotta go back, and you know, and mm -hmm. you just can't do that. It's yeah. just not our jobs. No. It, we can help shepherd people. Mm -hmm. I think that's where good shepherding comes in. Mm -hmm. And you can say, listen, this isn't what's best for your life. Yeah. Do you see the choices that you're making? Mm -hmm. So some of that is with like discipleship. You know, it's like some of it's just because people aren't getting into discipleship mm -hmm. relationship. So they're not growing mm -hmm. and they're making it a, a conscious decision. And we can get into all kinds of theological tensions mm -hmm. to where, well, if they were born again, wouldn't they want to grow? Wouldn't they want mm -hmm. to be... I lean towards yes, but yeah. again, I'm not, I'm not God. I don't, yeah. I don't get to, I don't get to determine who's really saved or who isn't. Mm -hmm. All I have to do is faithfully shepherd. And I think church planters can really get caught up in those weeds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I uh, forgot what I was going to say. Stay away from the Paul Washer sermons. No, that's not what I was going to say. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, going back to like being more gracious. Yeah. I, you know, I remember we had probably like a year after we started up here, we had a mission team up and I was, we had just gotten through our second summer 
And I was really frustrated with, so something that if you're not from Canada, you may not know this about Canadian culture, but up here they have what's called, you know, cottaging, cottage country. And everybody, like a lot of people have cottages that they either rent or own up north um, because most of the people live right along, you know, Lake Ontario here in the GTA. And so there's a high density population. And as you go north, it's really beautiful and there's just, by yeah. open country and yeah. forests and stuff like that. And so people will go up there to their lake houses and stuff. And like, it's like they just take off for the summer. They like, go. Like, and I'm not joking, like 50% attendance yeah. is pretty normal for most people. Yeah. Like, including your faithful, you know, your leaders, your you know, leaders like a lot yeah. of the time on, during the summer. And that was, that was very frustrating for yeah. me at first. And I remember, um, you know, like, like, trying to like, you know, yeah. speak out against it, you know, and, and, um, uh, you know, getting pretty bitter about it, honestly, yeah. you know, and almost kind of like, you know, nobody cares as much as yeah. I do. And these people don't love the church and yeah. all this stuff. And there was this, there was this guy on the missions team and he was, uh, this team was actually from Windsor. And so they're from yeah. Ontario. Yeah. Um, and so they, they kind of understood, uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, the whole cottaging mindset yeah. and he was an older guy. He's been, he's had a lot of background in ministry and he said something to me. I'll never forget. He said, uh, you have to be careful. Uh, don't flog the faithful few. Yeah. And I was like, and that really stuck with me and yes. I never forgot it because I realized like I had to repent, mm-hmm. um, and ask God to forgive me because I had been like, like being harshest on the very yeah. people who yeah. were like on our leadership team and mm-hmm. they were giving more than anybody else. And I was being yeah. harder on them than anybody. And I just realized like, God, please forgive me. Like yeah. I'm focusing on what, what I, what all their shortcomings and I'm not encouraging yeah. them and all the things that they're doing and the sacrifices that they've made yeah. and the way that they're growing. And God help me if, if, if the Lord was this impatient with me as I was with them. You yeah. Know? And so that was a significant turning point for me. Man, that's good. I, I remember um, when we were down in the States, something similar, like, you know, like Memorial Day or like Fourth of July weekend or something like that, you know, and you see the people picture, posted pictures like beyond the lake and stuff. And you're like, man, you losers. And like <laughs> you, you, you say it like in the sermon, you're, you know, you don't call them losers, but you're like, you know, and if if uh, if you follow Christ, I mean, like you would be here, you know, just you say something like that or whatever. And it's just kind of like I remember one in the car. I was thinking they were here. Like, why did I say that? Like, mm-hmm. who was I talking to? Yeah. And you got to be really careful with that stuff, man. Yeah. And you just can't get caught up in it. You know, you can't get you can't get wrapped up in it. You have to you have to minister to the people who come. You have to you have to. Hmm. I've 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 learned not to wish. I've learned not to wish for a certain congregation, but to th- praise God for the one he's brought you. That's right. And, uh, man, we're all imperfect people. Yeah. We're all flawed people. There's no such thing as a perfect congregation. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as a perfect church. I don't care the churches that are running 20,000. I mean, they got problems. Churches that run in 20 got problems. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. church has issues. Every leadership team has challenges. We And, and I think that's what church planning has taught me mm-hmm. because man we, we've been here seven years um what's the date tomorrow July 11th. tomorrow's our seven year anniversary wow. in, in in canada and you know what we've learned what i what i've learned is i thought in a lot of ways i thought we're going to start a church like the ones i never saw mm-hmm. growing up in and was part of and even led and you look back and you're like you know what <laughs> like 
we got issues too. Mm -hmm. And every church has problems. Every church has challenges. And I've learned that you don't, you don't plan churches to be what, to make it be something that you wish it was that you didn't never get a chance to lead Mm -hmm. or to not do this or to do that or whatever, man, you plant churches for the glory of God because Mm -hmm. people are lost. They're going to hell forever. They need Jesus. That's why we plant churches. Mm -hmm. That's it. And church planning has taught me that to keep coming back to that, you know? Yeah. And it's not that you don't, it's not that you don't speak to those things because there are issues, you know, like, like, you know, like, um, you know, what's cool is that since then, like some of our leaders, they have become more committed uh, mm. during the summertime and yeah. they have, you know, like there's been almost like a, a, a compromise that's, that's kind of yeah. happened yeah. over time. And so like there, there is a sense in which you should encourage people to do that. But you know, one of the, one thing that struck me, I'm, uh, I've been in Acts chapter 20 this week and yeah. Paul says uh, at one point in there to the Ephesian elders, he says, don't forget that how night and day I, I admonished everyone with tears mm-hmm. that, Three times he talks about with tears in that yeah. passage. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And when we're talking about graciousness, if you are correcting people and you can do it without weeping for them, yeah. then you know that you're following sort and graciousness. Yeah. Like it's okay to like address those things, but you better be weeping for them. You better yeah. be praying for them in intercession. Yeah. Right. And like not manufactured tears. Like, do you really care about them? Do you really love them? That's right. You know? And like, it's so important that because if we start admonishing people from a place of bitterness, yeah. from a place of resentment, like that's super dangerous. It is. And it's honestly not helpful at all. Well, so. you're going into the wrong, the wrong heart attitude. Right. It's like, you know, um, uh, you know, we're really bad at confrontation in the church, so yeah. we don't even do it well when we do it. So like, if you are angry or raising your voice or, uh, you know, feeling nervous, like passionate or whatever, and all those things are of the flesh when you're going into a meeting, mm-hmm. man, you know, like maybe you're meeting for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But if you're graciously wanting to help this person, like, hey, listen, you know, it's like you, you, you if you're going to be in a leadership position, you can't, you got to be here. Mm-hmm can't be gone every Sunday, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And so I think that that's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. It it's good, man. Yeah, man. We could go on and on. We could, we could, but we won't because time is up for this time episode. So, Hey, we want to thank you, our listeners for tuning in to another episode of in the trenches. We hope it's been an encouragement and a blessing to you. Uh, as always, you can head over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com. And you can find all of our other episodes there. And also, if you haven't before, you can go and you can subscribe to In the Trenches on uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on Anchor. All sorts of all that cool stuff. All that cool stuff. Uh, all sorts of different avenues that you can listen to In the Trenches. So make sure you do that. That way you won't miss another episode. Um, and also, the more subscribers we get, the more people that hit that button, the more exposure our podcast gets. So if you think this is a good church planning podcast that people should listen to, just like you do, so that people can be smart, just like you are, then you should hit that subscribe button. So do that it. when people search for church planning podcasts, this one comes up and not those bad church planning podcasts out there. I don't know if there are actually. <laughs> I don't even know if there are. I don't even not. know. Yeah. I don't even I don't even get on the webs. There really. actually are several other really good ones out yeah. there, but uh they haven't paid me for any advertising. So we won't so mention not, them. I'm not gonna mention them. 
<laughs> now, if you want to start to endorse in the trenches, hey, yeah, if you want, I mean, if you want some some airtime, you just yeah. let me know. Yeah. So there's a price for everything. A lot of maybe we should tell our listeners, like maybe people are wondering, like, well, what's going to happen? Oh, you're moving to DC. Yeah. So I'm moving to DC, but the podcast will continue. We yeah. are going to be taking a little summer break. Um, so everybody's like, are you going to the cottage? No, <laughs> we're not going to the cottage. No, I'm, I'm not taking a break from work. I'm taking yeah. a break from podcasting because I'm going to have too much work. Yes. That's basically what it comes down to. Cause mm-hmm. as we move and transition in, we've got, we got crazy stuff happening. Like we're, you know, we're moving in our house and I'm taking over, you know, this new, this new work. And the world. No, You're like I'm taking over, not the taking world. over the world, not taking over the world. So there's just going to be a lot going on for us. And so, uh, we figured it would be a good time to kind of take a little bit of a hiatus, yeah. uh, for a few weeks and gives us a chance to kind of regroup and we'll come back for season number three, man. That's, the crazy. Trenches. that's crazy. Isn't it? We've been to doing think. this for a while. So yeah. I think we're up to like 60, close to 60 episodes now. Wow. Something like that. We're so we've been doing this for over a year. Yes, we are. So we've got lots of material. So if you're like, by the way, if you're like a relatively newer listener, what's cool is that during that break, there's tons of content that you can go back and search through old, older episodes we've done that still, you know, uh, addresses odds are that if there's a topic you're curious about, we've probably done an episode on it. So you should be able to go in there and search that. Um, all right. I think that's it, right? I think so. Okay, cool. Well, Pray for Jared as he heads to DC yeah. this weekend. Yes. It's going to be a good time. Well, yeah, well, I'll be I'll be on in, on the road. So yes, you can pray for yeah. me as you listen to this on the road again. On the road again. Do you guys have your uh, playlist yet? Uh, Jen's got one. No, we just use like our phones. We can stream it. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's All right. That good stuff. All that good stuff. So. Um, yeah, we are going to be back in a few weeks with another episode of In the Trenches. It'll be on Mondays, and even though Matt and I will be, this is our last episode we're recording Live. together in person uh, here uh, in this office. Uh, we'll be doing them remotely, uh, so, yes. uh, but the show will go on. The show will go the on. The show must go on. Technology. Yep. So, hey, we want to thank you guys, our listeners, for tuning into this episode. We'll be back a few Mondays from now with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.